0: Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the
1: social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael
0: Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers, and business owners who want to know what works with social media. This is a good one. I am really excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Donald Miller, and we're going to talk about how to use story to sell. How to use story to sell. Story is such an important and powerful marketing mechanism that so many of us do not understand. And in today's interview, Donald will lay out a step-by-step plan that you can begin implementing immediately. By the way, if you want to reach me, podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Let's transition over to this week's brand new discovery.
2: Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. This week,
0: I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What did you find, Eric?
2: I found a great tool to analyze your Facebook groups called Gridix.
0: Gr- uh, can you spell that?
2: G <laughs> R. Y T I C S, So it's kind of the combination of the two words, group and analytics, gridics.
0: So G-R-Y-T-I-C-S, gridics. So this analyzes your Facebook groups. Very intriguing. So tell us more. What does it do?
2: Yeah. So one of the things that you know, can be kind of a hassle to figure out is you know, who, who are my most engaged people in this Facebook group that I run for my business? This can tell you, it can give you statistics based on who your most active members are. It can give them engagement scores and activity scores. And it, uh, let's see, you can see which top, which were the top posts in your group by the Another way, the piece. reason this is
0: so important is Facebook doesn't provide any insights no. at all in Facebook groups, right? So
2: No, none at you, all. You
0: would think they would, like they would pages, right? So that, and you would think eventually they would allow you to run ads and stuff to groups, which I'm not even sure they do. But this, this gives you the kind of analytics and insights that Facebook doesn't even really give you on your page,
2: right? Yeah, really. I mean, this, this basically will tell you in a sense, and you and I both know this, that when we open up, say a specific Facebook post from our Facebook Uh, insights inside of Facebook itself from our page. It'll give you uh, how many people liked it. It'll break down all the reactions. It'll say how many clicked here, did this, did that. It gives you that kind of depth and analytical data on each individual Facebook group post and then carries that over also into the group members.
0: Intriguing. So I guess possible applications could be rewarding active group members or giving them um – some sort of public shout out um, it could also help you understand I guess if you track it do you know if it has any kind of tracking over time to help you understand like one of the things that I would be wondering is is the activity in my group declining you know um, like you can tell if the membership is increasing really easily by just looking at the number but the real question is are, are the members of the group actually interacting and is that on an upward or downward scale do you have any sense as to whether it can do any of that
2: that is, that's a great question. I should have looked that up. I don't know if it can do that, but I mean, I wouldn't, I would be surprised if it didn't based on the pictures that I've seen and, and trying it out myself.
0: So how do we find this? And is it a desktop website? Is it a plugin? What the heck is it?
2: It is desktop at this point. It, you can get it over at, uh, com. That's G R Y T I C S.com. And there are a couple of different tiers there is a free version which allows you to get a bunch of different stuff, a bunch of basic data, and then it moves up from there to like premium, pro, and enterprise, and and each of those is only like a, a small step up, like twelve dollars, twenty five, and then fifty five, and each it, one of them is it monthly have,
0: or is it annually? Do you know?
2: Mo- monthly. Gotcha. Yeah. Well,
0: if you like many people that are listening right now happen to manage a Facebook group as part of your strategy, and you've been trying to figure out you know some sort of an analytics play this is exciting uh and it's it sounds pretty cool i know that i know that we are experimenting with this tool in one of the groups that we have so um uh, but i'm glad you brought it up and it's a brand new discovery for us so eric thank you so much for sharing that again tell people where they can find it
2: yeah you can find it at G R Y T I C S g-r-y-t-i-c-s.com thank you so much eric you're welcome
0: We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Let's go ahead and move over to this week's interview with Donald Miller.
2: Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide.
0: I'm very excited to be joined this week by Donald Miller. If you don't know who he is, he's a story for business expert. He's the CEO of Story Brand, a company that helps businesses clarify their messaging. They do workshops and consulting. He's also host of the Building a Story Brand podcast. And Donald has helped more than 1,000 businesses improve their messaging. Don, welcome to the show. It's fantastic to be here. Thanks for having me. So today, Don and I are going to explore how you as a marketer and as a business can use story to sell. Uh, Before we get into this, I'd love to hear a little bit of your backstory. How did you get here?
1: Well, I I started as a writer. I I had written a bunch of books and had a successful career as a writer writing memoirs, so nothing in the business category. Uh, But before that, ran a publishing company, and so I had a business background and then got hijacked by this writing career. And when I went back into business, I started a conference company, and not very many people were coming to my conference. I sold millions of these memoirs, but not many people were coming to my conference. And I figured out pretty quickly that the reason they weren't coming is because my message, you know, the, the invitation to come to this conference was so vague. Uh, it was not pointed. It was not understandable. It was not accessible. It didn't hit a felt need that nobody could really figure out why they should come to the conference. So what I did was I created – I just wanted to simplify my message. I wanted to say something and have people go, I need that, I'm going to show up. I need that, I'm going to buy it, right, which is the the challenge of every business. And so what I did was I created a framework based on the elements of story. Now, i had been studying story in order to write books and screenplays for more than a decade. I know story is the most powerful tool there is to compel a human brain. I don't know – I didn't know how to use story though to create branding and marketing messages. Those are different things. And uh, what I did was I took uh, I spent uh, some time in a cabin in Asheville, North Carolina, and I just took the seven most popular elements in every story. I mean, the seven things that happen in Tommy Boy, Star Wars, Bridget Jones' Diary, Hunger Games, Moneyball, The King's Speech. These seven things happen in every single one of these stories. <clears throat> okay, so I put them all on the whiteboard. Then I decided, you know, I wonder if I can filter my marketing messages through this seven-part framework. I did so, and the conference went from 350 people to 970 people to 1,200 people to 2,000 people with no marketing at all, just word of mouth. And the reason was people finally understood what we had to offer. We, we finally kind of projected this story onto our potential customers that they wanted to walk into and be part of and play a role within. All that sounds very complicated. But what really happened was... We just clarified our message. And so that turned into StoryBrand. We let that conference company go because StoryBrand exploded. And uh, now I've worked with over 2,000 companies to help them clarify their message. And they all struggle with what I struggle with. They still know how to talk about what they do. They're too close to it. They think what they're offering is their grandfather started the company, and what they're really offering is something else.
0: Very interesting. Now, when you, were, when you, were, when, when you realized you had a problem, and you just weren't able to sell tickets. Like, how did you latch onto the idea of story? Did it come to you? Was it a struggle? Had you known it all along? Well, it would be like um, story is, you know, it's, it,
1: it is based on formulas, it's 2,000 year old formulas that have been refined over best practices uh, forever. It's tested every week at the box office, right? It, this, is, this, is, this is as formulaic as music is, and music is extremely formulaic. If you, the difference between music and noise is formula. That's all, that, that's all it is. Uh, and if you disobey those formulas, you descend from music to noise. Story is the same way. Uh, it, it is based on formulas. And so I, I, I saw these formulas being like a chainsaw or a sledgehammer. It is a very powerful, heavy tool. And I wondered, how can I use this tool to clarify my marketing message? Here, here's the difference though, Mike, because your customers are going to sit there and say, well, maybe Don can help me get my story out. That's not what we do. Um, in fact, I would say there's no benefit whatsoever to any of your listeners getting their story out. The reason is nobody cares about your story. They only care about their story. hmm So the difference that StoryBrand offers is we help you understand the story that your customer is living and what role you need to play within that story. And when you jump into their story with the role that we want you to play in their story, they magically respond. Uh, Apple did it. Chick-fil-A did it. Coca-Cola does it. Uh, Right now in modern politics, Donald Trump is doing it. Hillary Clinton is not doing it. Bernie Sanders is doing it. And you can see the power of these brands, whether you like them or
0: not people pay attention. Why do you think story is so powerful?
1: Well, that's a deep question that guys like Christopher Booker and Robert McKee and Joseph Campbell have all tried to answer. Uh, I I do believe, Mike, that it comes from something deep within us, uh, deep in our DNA, whether it's spiritual or psychological DNA. Uh, I don't know. But uh, I think uh, every human being is uh, designed to see the world as an adventure. They self-identify as the hero in a story that is trying to accomplish something and overcome challenges in order to do that. Uh, we believe intuitively that some things could happen or come together in our life that would create a kind of climactic or obligatory scene that would resolve the conflict in our life. These are well-worn paths in the human subconscious. And story is just more or less shining a light on those paths or creating metaphors for those existing paths.
0: And this is not a cultural phenomenon just for one particular race or culture or subgroup, right? I mean, this works just as much in, in China or in Africa as it does in the United States, right?
1: Absolutely. The same formula works.
0: So when it comes to actually marketing and selling, how does that all connect together? Because I think so many of us can, can think about Star Wars and can understand Luke Skywalker as the you know, hero and maybe even relate that we might be like Luke Skywalker, but it's a big leap, I think, in a lot of people's minds to, to connect that to their business or to, or to their customers maybe said differently.
1: Yeah. Well, let me just walk you through the seven-part framework in in, in, in 60 seconds, (laughs) if I can. Sure. Uh, Our workshop is 16 hours, so you can imagine the challenge. Uh, A character in a story wants something, and that something is defined. So the very first thing that we need to do if we want to invite customers into the story we're telling is we need to define something that they want as it relates to your brand. Here's the mistake that most companies make. They either don't define what their customer wants – uh, they don't make it simple to understand and very clear, which is a rule if you're writing a screenplay, or they define 33 things your customer wants. Mm. Now, listen, if you, if you and I are watching The Born Identity and we don't know 12 minutes in exactly what Jason wants, you know, he's, he's still at Starbucks, he's reading the paper, then he goes home, and, and, and in the movie, 12 minutes in, they have not defined the fact that this guy has amnesia and somebody's trying to kill him and he has unique special abilities and he doesn't know where he got them. That's the crux of the movie. If you're 12 minutes into that movie and you haven't defined that, you, your audience is going to walk out. So many companies that we deal with, I go to their website and I cannot tell what it is that they think I want, it's just not clearly defined. And the reason is they say, Don, we sell 33 different things. And I say, great. But if I, if I go to the Born Identity and Jason Bourne wants to know who he is and he wants to marry the girl and he wants to run a marathon and he wants to lose 20 pounds and he wants to adopt a cat, you'll lose the audience for the opposite reason. <laughs> you lost the previous audience. This thing has to be streamlined. So one of the things that we help our customers do is define what it is that your customer wants. And you have to make it very clear. Very compelling, very memorable, and that means a lot of stuff hits the editing room floor. The next Wait, thing Wait, real, real quick question ahead. on
0: yep. that. Um, can you give us an example of some business that you've helped or some business that everyone might be familiar with so we can just, in our mind, understand what you mean by what does the customer want?
1: Sure. I, I just finished a private workshop for a company called Liberty ID. They have a fantastic product, uh, and they thought when they came to me that they were in competition with uh, LifeLock, or some of these companies that mm-hmm. offer online monitoring. If somebody steals your ID, uh, LifeLock will let you know. Their problem was uh, that online monitoring, you can basically get for free. And so they had an ethical problem even charging for it. Uh, and then online monitoring just doesn't work. <laughs> you know, they just tell you too late. You'll get a call from your credit card company before Anybody else calls you. So now you're paying monthly for something that other people are doing and also doesn't work. What they did was they offer monitoring, but they basically say, look, when your ID gets stolen, when your online identity gets stolen and somebody buys a house in your name and uses your credit card and uh, reports you to the IRS and all these things that can happen, uh, we will clean it up and clear it up uh, all the way back to zero where you don't owe anybody any money The IRS knows that you're okay. Your credit rating is returned back to what it should be before somebody ruined your credit. The average person whose identity is stolen, you won't believe this, Mike, spends 300 hours on the phone trying to clean it up. 300 hours. The average person who pays Liberty ID every month, it's only about 40 bucks. It can be between 20 and 40 bucks depending on the package you buy spends 1.5 hours on the phone with a Liberty ID rep and then their reps get on the phone with the IRS, the credit card companies, all these other uh, problems. There,
0: these so they want their time back or they want peace of mind? They them.
1: were positioning themselves as an alarm company. Ah. They weren't an alarm company. They were an insurance company. Ah. And so now when their sales pitch is instead of, you know, we do more than monitoring. We also clean this stuff up. Monitoring doesn't work. We're better than LifeLog. I mean, you know, all these kinds of things. They never sold anything. They couldn't get anybody to buy it. But when now when they go in, they say the average person is going to get their uh, identity stolen in the next seven and a half years. It's going to cost you 300 hours on the phone to clean it up. You're still going to be out an average of $6,000 no matter what happens. If you spend this $20 to $40 a month, we're going to get on the phone for you. You're only going to be on the phone for an hour and a half. Our army is going to go to work for you, and you're going to get all your money back, not just, uh, and you won't be out even the $6,000. We guarantee we're going to get it all back. Now they're seeing growth. They were so close to their company that they kept thinking about the competition that nobody cared about. They kept wandering into the weeds and technical data. You know, They could steal your, your phone at a Starbucks. And if you're on a public Wi-Fi, they could do this. All this stuff that it requires a PhD in technology to understand. What I really want to do is I want you to scare me that I'm going to have to waste 300 hours in the future. And I will give you $20 a month so I never have to do that. Gotcha. That's that's all they needed to do. So, what does the customer want? Do they want monitoring? No, they don't want monitoring. Uh, what do they want? They want to not have to or prevent the hassle of one day my identity being stolen, and I don't have to go through the nightmare torture of trying to get my uh, my ducks
0: in a row. Perfect. Definitely. So, let's take this Liberty ID and keep sewing through the whole process here. So, step one is what does the customer want? You said what does the there's customer
1: a, want, and yep. then step two is. When you define what your customer wants, you have to also define a problem that is going to get in their way. So, uh, And there are three levels of problem in story, external, internal, and philosophical. And it it does get complicated. But companies tend to sell solutions to external problems, but human beings buy solutions to internal problems. Mm. And what I mean by that is this. Uh, the external problem of my identity being stolen is, of course, my identity might be stolen. That's the physical thing that could happen to me that's going to knock out my tongue. But what is my internal problem? My internal problem is that is going to frustrate the heck out of me, pause my life, affect my family, uh, affect my financial stability, affect my credit rating and my status in society – Those are all internal problems. So companies that understand that people are walking through your your door to resolve a problem, but not just the physical problem of their lawn needs to be mowed or their pipes need to be fixed or there's pests in their yard that need to be sprayed for or whatever. They're coming to you not because of those external problems. It's because those external problems are causing them a sense of frustration, self-doubt, fear, Uh, jealousy, envy, there's something else going on that is motivating them to call you. Hmm. When you can identify what that is uh, and talk about resolving that frustration, tension, self-doubt, or whatever, uh, you see a much larger response. People are inclined to resolve internal problems, not just external problems.
0: And is the philosophical and the internal kind of intertwined, or is that something totally different?
1: Well, it, it, you know the external will be the physical problem, the internal is the way that problem is making me feel, and the philosophical is why that is wrong, why it's wrong for that to be happening. So when you actually engage all three, l- let, me, let me give you an example. Uh, Luke Skywalker, his external problem was the death star, the existence of the evil empire, right? His internal problem was, he wondered and had a, a sense of doubt or question at least, as to whether or not he had what it take to be a Jedi. That was the internal problem. The philosophical problem was good versus evil. Mm. You know, Darth Vader against Luke Skywalker, the good guys against the bad guys. If you can, in the obligatory climactic scene of a movie, resolve the external, internal philosophical problem in one shot, in one shot, a little bit of serotonin seeps through your, your audience's amygdalas and they have a, a sense of pleasure. Uh, it's a powerful resolution to three levels of problems in one shot. So when Luke sco- shoots that uh, laser beam or photon blaster, please don't write me letters. <laughs> <I get> letters. <laughs> he shoots the photon blaster through the little cat butt in the Death Star and it blows up. Which, by the way, isn't that an engineering problem? If you put this hole in the Death Star, if you shoot through it, it just blows up. Anyway, we were 12. We didn't care. Right we went crazy we went ape nuts we also did the same thing mike when when daniel the karate kid lifts up his leg and looks like a flamingo and kicks the other guy right in the face and wins the karate tournament external problem he wins the karate tournament internal yeah. problem he knows that he has what it takes to
0: or rocky right when he yep. puts the final blow in right
1: philosophical problem good guy beats up the bully um when a brand can position The purchasing of their product, the buy now button, when your customer clicks buy now on your website, if you have positioned your offering so that they know they're about to resolve an external, internal, and philosophical problem with one purchase, you will create raving fans, brand evangelists, passionate followers, and spokespeople for your brand because they are resolving internal subconscious narrative loops. Who's done it? Apple's done it. Chick Fil A has done it. Coca Cola has done it. Donald Trump has done it. Barack Obama did it. Uh, Hillary Clinton is not doing it. And Bernie it, it, Sanders. It's interesting
0: too. because it, it, this is not, you know, um, when we think about this as a consumer, we don't really it, it makes sense. But I would imagine when they wrote the script for Star Wars, do you think they they were intentionally following a philosophy here? Are these people always aware of what they're doing when, at Apple, or, um, or is this just sometimes part of what naturally evolves? I mean, like, or is it always successful because it's been following this script and it was designed and architected, if you will, in such a way that this is the outcome? I don't know if you make, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, right?
1: yeah, it makes total sense. In story, yes. It's in, in, in Star Wars, absolutely. That's a, that's a Western... Star Wars is just a Western shot in space. Gotcha. Uh, and so they, they knew exactly what they were doing. Did Steve Jobs know what he was doing? No. But he intuitively was such a good composer of ideas after, by the way, Mike. He was horrible at it. Horrible at it. When he released Lisa, the computer that they released in the 80s, he released it with a nine-page ad in the New York Times spelling out all the technical features and details. <laughs> That computer bombed for a number of reasons, not just because of that ad, but that ad, ad didn't help. Then he goes off to where? I mean, next, but also Pixar. At Pixar, he learns about story. There you go. He ingrains himself in story, and he knows a couple things. One, the story's not about me. It's about the customer. Also, we don't sell computers. We sell an identity. And when he started selling an identity, the company exploded. Very cool. And so, yeah, yeah he, 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 he intuitively knew what he was doing, and I think it was informed by story
0: structure. Okay, so we've got, we've figured out hopefully what the customer wants, and we figured out what, what problem, um, what is the problem that, how did you word it? Will get in my way? What's preventing? I,
1: I, that challenges the customer from getting what they want.
0: Okay, I see. So what's the, what's the next part?
1: Next part is in every story, most stories, uh, uh, a secondary character enters into the story. And there are a number of names for this character. But we just call this character the guide. Yoda is a guide. Obi-Wan Kenobi is a guide. Uh, Mitch in Hunger Games is a guide. Peter Brand, uh, Jonah Hill's character in Moneyball, is a guide. Lionel in The King's Speech is a guide. On and on. The purpose of the guide is we know while we're watching the movie that if this hero could resolve their own problem, then why would they have a problem in the first place, right? That there, There's something missing in their lives that won't allow them to solve this problem. So we need another bit part to come in and help them along the way. Uh The guide is a powerful, powerful tool in a movie. We tell our customers, our story brand clients, always position yourself as the guide and never as the hero. Hmm. The reason is every customer is waking up self-identifying as a hero. And, Mike, you come along and you say, Don, I've got this podcast. It's really great. You know, our goals are to do this with it. Uh, I started it when I was in my garage, blah, blah, blah. What am I subconsciously hearing? Well, I'm hearing Mike's a hero. Mike has goals and he has challenges, and you know I'm very curious as to whether Mike is going to accomplish his goals and get get what he wants. And um, I hope he he keeps in touch and lets me know whether that would happen. I do wish for now though that he would step aside because I'm actually looking for a guide. Mm, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So when we position ourselves, my grandfather started the company. All this garbage that that business leaders think they need to talk about. When we do that, we subconsciously compete with the ego identity of the very person that we're talking to. That's why all these companies that come out and say. Uh, we can help you tell your story, and your brand narrative is so important. They are, they are leading people right into the lion's den. Uh, people do not uh, buy products from brands that position themselves as the hero in the story. We have to position ourselves as the guide. The evidence uh, in national election, John McCain, war hero, he lost. Bob Dole, war hero, he lost. John Kerry, war hero, he lost. They all lost to people with limited military experience. Why? Because America doesn't vote for a hero. They vote for a guide. And they don't buy products from heroic brands. They buy products from brands that think that their customers are heroes and give them the tools that their customers need to win the day in their
0: own stories. You know, what's, what's intriguing about this is we're coming up on seven years uh, since I started founded Social Media Examiner. And from the beginning, it was, our slogan was always your guide to the social media jungle. Perfect. And you know what? I got to tell you, your guide to the social media jungle. And we saw just explosive growth within the first few months. Because they are looking for a guide. Yeah, they're looking for a guide. And, and it kind of comes down to, uh, you know… Being a servant, right? Really, doesn't it? I mean, it like, does. and it's very counterintuitive, isn't it, to being a marketer or being a salesperson? How well, do some you, of things, you know, it's, yeah.
1: it's we are richly rewarded for putting other people's stories above our own. I, you know, I, I just believe it, and we're just richly rewarded for it. And so, when we become obsessed about our customers' success, they feel it, they sense it. Our marketing changes, our ad copy changes. I mean, Jim Collins talked about this in Good to Great. This is the key to. Great business, great parenting, great marriages, you know it's key to everything and, uh, and so I don't it's no different in our marketing. However, I, I do think you know I meet a lot of brand leaders who are so tired of talking about themselves and they, they think they have to get up in the morning they have to talk about themselves and you know they, they don't know how to do it and it's so relieving to them when I say, don't, it's not going to benefit you. you're not going to make any money talking about yourself. Talk about your customers and it's actually quite relieving to a lot of folk.
0: Well, I guess this is this is probably a, a struggle for a lot of businesses like how do we guide? is this in our content production? Is this when we produce blog posts and podcasts and stuff? Go ahead.
1: In everything that you do. yeah. And and there are two things that that position you as the guide in your customer's life and their experience. One is empathy. Uh, We care about them. We understand their pain and frustration. We also resonate with them. We are like them in some way. People batch their thinking and so they're looking for somebody who is like them. Uh, We understand their pain. The second is authority. And authority means simply competence. We know what we're doing, uh, and a lot of people you know Jonah Sachs at Harvard Business warns us in his book Story Wars about having too much authority. you know the next generation is looking for a brand that will put their arm around them and be their friend. I, I maybe uh, you know Jonah has a point there. I think if we come off as too authoritarian, we may scare some people off. but if I go see a nutritionist and I say, um, "I need to lose 30 pounds," and my nutritionist says, "Don, me too." I've gone to the wrong nutritionist <laughs> I need somebody right." Who- doing i need you know
0: mike i need He should say and said hey i've helped a lot of people do exactly what you want right
1: exactly it or you can actually here's where your story does enter in as a brand if you have a backstory of pain a backstory of failing in this area and you figured it out and you are now winning in this area that's different that's different because that story actually gives you authority and resonance and empathy uh The fact your grandfather started the company is useless information to the hero along their journey. Can you imagine if Luke Skywalker goes and sees Yoda and for 45 minutes, Yoda tells the story of his childhood? (laughs) (laughs) It's exactly what a brand does. It drives me crazy. It's like you're ruining the movie. Yoda – we don't even know anything about Yoda's backstory except for two things. One – he used to be a Jedi that struggled, and he figured it out, and now he can help Luke figure it out. That's the only thing you need to say in this story to make the story make sense. So when a brand comes along and does 45 minutes of backstory and it's all this nonsense, people get bored and they walk out. It's lucky they do any business at
0: all. Awesome. All right, so we've talked about the guide. What what else do we need to know about story?
1: Okay, so the next thing the guide does is the guide gives the hero a plan. Luke has to fly into the trenches and uh, – you know, shoot the photon blaster through the thing, uh, you know, uh, right. Katniss needs to, uh, you know, endear the public to get more sponsors so she can have resources to win the Hunger Games, uh, on and on. There's usually a plan, and the plan is the thing that bridges the gap for the, for the potential customer. And, and this is all that it means. It means that, you know, if I say to you, hey, I want you to buy my insurance, um, I might do it if you've set it up well enough and I trust you and your guide. I will be much more inclined to do it if you say, Don, I want you to buy my insurance. Here's step one. We're, we're going gonna, gonna, gonna to do a listening session. We're going to listen to everything that you need in the, in the world of insurance. Two, I'm going to create a customized report and strategy for your life. And three, we're going to execute that in an affordable way. For whatever reason, the fact that you gave me three steps dramatically increases the chances that I'll buy from you. The reason is the human brain is drawn away, is repulsed, if you will, by confusion but drawn toward clarity. We don't want mysteries in our brain. And when there's a mystery and I can't bridge the mysterious gap of how we're actually going to buy this insurance, uh, I tend to walk away. So every step of the way, you just want to put a little stone. Imagine your customers are crossing a big, giant creek. Your plan is just stones in the creek that they can walk on.
0: You know what's so fascinating about this, Don, is that before I started Social Media Examiner, I uh, was a writer. I wrote a book called Writing White Papers, and I was a gun for hire. And I had a lot of people coming to me because they would get a free sample. And then I would get on the phone and spend about an hour with them. And I would start by asking them questions. And then I would lay out a plan every single time. This is how how you can get where you want to go. And nine times out of 10, I would close them. And, yeah. and I didn't even know I was following your model here, you know?
1: You know, but, we hear this so much, Mike. Gu- guys who are successful like you and Steve Jobs and, and all these other guys, they they intuitively have a story sense. Like, you, you, you don't know this about yourself, and I can't be sure, but I would put a little money on it that you could kill this podcast and probably spend the next eight months writing a pretty good novel. <laughs> I think you probably could, because you, you, get, you get how the brain works. It's not that you get story. That's not what we're talking about. Right. We get how the brain works and how people works and what drives them and what motivates them. It's about what they want,
0: really. And it's really not – some people might be be thinking, well, isn't this manipulative? And how do you want to address that?
1: Yeah, it is manipulative if you're lying. Good point. If if, if you're leading people to a product that is going to help them and change their lives, it is not manipulative. They'll actually want it. It, it, Well, not only they want it, they need it. If people don't need your product, if you're not resolving a problem for them, you have a a bigger problem than – a story problem or a marketing problem you have, you have an ethical problem absolutely you know, and so you know if, if, if somebody comes to us you know w- we have doubled and quadrupled many many businesses they need this they need this to pay their employees and pay their taxes and to grow their business so i think if you're manipulating people into buying you know if you're if you're manipulating diabetics to buy sugary foods and you're using this formula shame on you but all this formula does is it creates clarity. It helps us refine our message and it creates clarity.
0: On this plan thing, I want to I zoom in on this just a little bit more because so many people listening right now are guides to their audience because they are bloggers or podcasters or YouTubers or do live video shows and they are constantly providing great value to their audience um, and they are perceived as influencers or leaders in their space. When it comes to giving a plan, can a, does a plan need to be delivered one-on-one, or can we actually deliver plans to scale? Said another way, can we deliver plans as an ebook for lead generation? Can we deliver plans on a sales page for our event that kind of outlines something like this, or is it only always done one-on-one like it is in Star Wars?
1: No, the more plans, the better. The more plans, the better. I mean, you can have a plan for creating a plan. The, the point is, Steps in the creek, stones in the creek. So on your website to, uh, you know, Mike, to meet with you in your consulting service, you might say, hey, one, let's meet. Two, uh, I'm going to create a customized strategy. Three, I'm going to work with you all the way to execute it until Mm -hmm. we see results. Okay. Then we get in and we create a customized plan, and the plan may have three or four steps, right? But the idea is to break down what you're already doing into bite-sized chunks that people can wrap their minds around.
0: Intriguing. Intriguing. So even on a sales page for our conference, for example, Social Media Marketing yes. World, we could say, all right, here is the steps that you need to register. Even,
1: even as simple as register, choose a hotel, show up on the date of the event. You say, Don, come on. I'm dead serious. And sure you say you. that People before,
0: before to- they add to cart, right? I mean, is that-, is that yeah, okay.
1: before or let's say there's some confusion after. Right. You know, it's like, well, register and then choose your track your workshop track, and three, have the greatest conference of your life. I mean, all we're doing is taking things and breaking them into steps.
0: Is it because people like clarity? They exactly. they don't want their mind to have to try to figure out the next steps? That's, is that's that-
1: exactly it. And it's not because they're dumb. It's because we're bombarded with 3,000 commercial messages a day. People will always choose, always, the brand that communicates the clearest, regardless of whether or not they have the best product. Wow, It doesn't matter. They will choose the brand that communicates clearest, even if they know the product is inferior to another product. Why? Because I'm not going to use the other product. I can't figure out how to do it, and you're actually walking me through how to do this. You you pick up a box of Pop-Tarts. There's one brand of Pop-Tarts that literally says, one, open the Pop-Tart. Two, put it in the toaster vertically. <laughs> Three, enjoy. And you say, Don, this is absurd. But you know what? They probably sell more Pop-Tarts because when – you know, we're looking at the Pop-Tart shelf. We're going, oh, well, this looks easy. We don't even read the plan, but because they have a plan, I trust you. This has got to be easy. You're going to walk me through it. Very <laughs> it's cool.
0: ridiculous. Is that the whole process or is there more to it than this?
1: No, there's two kinds of plans. We could get into it. There's process plans and agreement plans. They work a little bit differently, uh, but that's an hour. That's an hour. Yeah, hour.
0: Beyond the plan though, what's the, is there any other steps we've talked yes. to, Okay.
1: Yeah. So step four, one is your, you know, know what your customer wants. Two is define their three levels of problems. Three is position yourself as a guide. Four is give them a plan. Five is call them to action. If you're not asking your customers to buy from you, they're not going to buy from you. Uh, I want to start an investment company when somebody's, you know, we've worked with 2,000 companies now. I want to start an investment company and just say, look, for 10% equity in your company, uh, I will double your revenue in 24 months. If I don't double your revenue in 24 months, I gave it my go, and uh, you can keep the 10% plus the increase that we've obviously created. I think a lot of companies would take me up on that. Uh, But they're going to be shocked when after they sign all the paperwork and the legal documents, I say, okay, great. Put a buy now button in the top right of your website (laughs) because you're not asking anybody for the sale, right? It's just not going to work. there has to be an obvious button to press on your website and that obvious button should be the buy now button. I should never get away from that buy now button. In your email blast, I should know exactly what it is that you want me to do. It should never be a mystery. And uh this is a m- amazing uh you know
0: it's but funny not, because this is marketing one-on-one kind of stuff, but so many people get caught up in the message, they forget about the, the call to action, right? And it's, it's also something that's been used in sales forever, right? Ask for the sale, right? I mean, it's like people sometimes for whatever reason, just like overlook the obvious, but is there more to it than that? Or is that all there is to it? Well, but
1: but there is more to it. There's also, there's the direct call to action and the transitional call to action. So there should always be two. The direct call to action is buy now. The transitional call to action is, okay, you don't want to buy now? Um, Watch this video or download this PDF or read this white paper or Mm. or take another step with me on this journey because I know you're not ready to buy. The way it works is like this. Uh, uh, Buy now or the direct call to action is will you marry me? The transitional call to action is can we go out again,
0: Mm. right? And
1: so what we want to do is will you marry me? No. Can we go out again? Sure, I'll go out with you. Will you marry me? No. Can we go out again? This sure. is
0: this is called foot in the door <laughs> philosophy. Uh, in graduate school, we learned about this in persuasion. It's like you ask for more than what sometimes you expect, and then when you actually get to your true ask, <laughs> yeah. it's a much easier yes, they right? Trust
1: you enough, and they need it, and they they buy. They, they buy.
0: Very intriguing. Um, that I'm assuming that's the whole process, right?
1: Nope. There's two more, and they're easy to cover. One is success and failure. The call to action has to result in either a happy ending or a sad ending. In other words, you have to tell me what my life will look like if I buy your product. Not just tell me. Show me visually on your website and your social media posts. Keep telling me your life is going to look this good if you buy my product. Your your lawn's going to look great. Your pipes aren't going to leak. Your you know if, if the bad guys steal your identity, it's not going to cost you 300 hours on the phone. You're going to be able to spend time with your family. You also have to tell me what life will look like if I don't buy your product. If I don't buy your product, I'm going to have to spend 300 hours on the phone. My lawn is going to look terrible, and my pipes are going to be leaking this winter when it freezes. Uh, if there's no stakes in the story, Mike, there is no story. And so many of uh, our clients. They're not telling, they're not giving their customers a vision for what their life can be, look like if they use your product. Those seven elements, a uh, character that has a problem, that meets a guide, who gives them a plan and calls them to action that either ends in success or failure, it's almost every single story that you can think of which tells you something. It tells you this is the way the human brain works. In my opinion, if everything that you communicate, everything that you tweet, everything that you post on Instagram, everything that you put on LinkedIn, everything that you put on Facebook, every word and image on your website isn't coming from one of these seven buckets, you are creating noise and confusion and your customers will walk away from you and go to a a competitor who is being
0: more clear. A fundamental quick question on this success and failure thing. Let's say that you've got a product that's complicated like a conference. You're not going to have one sales page for everything. You might have a register now page or something. On that page, do you actually say something like, imagine yourself learning this, that, or other, or, or solving that, that need or that want. Um, but then you also say, don't let yourself blah, 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 blah. Do you say those sentences literally right we at the reg form or that, that uh, might be a little aggressive, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I, no, really, you, you need to be 10 times more correct than almost anybody thinks. Um, I, I, there, there aren't rules on where you put these things. Uh, there are rules on don't use anything but these things. Oh, really? Uh, But it's almost like writing a song. What I just gave you were seven chords on a guitar. Mm. Now go write a song. I see. So Taylor Swift takes the same seven chords, and the only thing that changes in her songs is the name of the boyfriend. (laughs) and she sells millions of records doing it, and we all love it, right? Uh, these are the same seven elements in stories, but you change the characters. You do. So a little bit of that is intuitive. Now we do look at websites when for our clients, and we say, cut this, cut this, put a button here, don't say this, say this, you know, all that kind of stuff. So we, we fix all that stuff so that everybody's making sense in their in their uh, collateral. Uh, but there's not a rule. But I will say this. Um, let me just ask you this. I know we're getting into politics, and and uh, we've helped a couple of the presidential candidates. That, filter their messaging. So I'm I'm curious about some of this stuff. Uh, Imagine how much you have to do as president. Imagine how much you would have to fix uh, all the things that you're daily going to be doing for four or eight years. It would be impossible to narrow that down into one statement about what you're going to do for the country, right? Right. Let me ask you this. What does Donald Trump want to do for America?
0: Make America great again.
1: (laughs) Okay, Mike, here's the real question. What does Jeb Bush want to do for America? I'm not sure. Who's in the race? (laughs) <laughs> That's a but great. Happened, yeah. And, and, and Jeb, didn't
0: Obama do the same kind of thing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Keep hope. I mean, hope and change and all that. Yeah, of exactly. Okay. So, here, but here's what Jeb did. Jeb did what so many of your clients are doing right now listening to this podcast. Jeb said, but there are 10,000 things I'm going to do. Hmm. I can't possibly narrow it down. That, that wouldn't be authentic or real or true. In fact, In fact, even narrowing it down would leave out so much of the other wonderful things that I'm going to do for America. And so he lost.
0: That's amazing. It's amazing. Well, uh, Don, I just, first of all, want to say this is really awesome. Like oh, I'm, le- I'm, learning, I'm learning a lot. Like I'm already thinking about things I'm going to be changing.
1: <laughs> uh, I think you're doing a pretty darn good job. So. Well,
0: thank you. But, you know, there's always room for improvement. Um, why don't you tell everybody where they can discover more about you and all the great stuff you've got going on?
1: sure if you go to storybrand.com you can read all about us and th- there's a uh, uh, if you want five uh, or sorry 3 5 minute videos that will help you uh, just fix your website and clarify your message go to 5minutemarketingmakeover.com and uh, we can help you out there
0: and uh the number five is actually not spelled out so it's the number five and then, that could be either oh it's either cool. one okay five minute marketing and then also storybrand.com is the other site if they want to get directly to your your business right yeah awesome uh donald miller story expert thank you so much for joining us on this I week's was episode last thank you wow huh was that a good one or was that a good one now, if you missed all the little steps and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to listen to it again. Well, one way you can save yourself from having to listen to it again is you can look at our show notes where we outline all the key aspects of what we talked about in today's show. Socialmediaexaminer.com slash 211. Also, don't miss a future episode. If you like this show, we've got a lot more great content coming your way. Hit that subscribe button on your podcast player. And if you've been a regular listener and you haven't already done so, would you consider giving us a review socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world.
2: The Social Media
0: Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smarketingsociety.com to find out more.